Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we talk about a couple of the games that we missed over the weekend. What would have happened with the Hornets if they drafted SGA, not traded him for Miles Bridges? Would they have drafted Devontae Graham? We'll talk about that in the second segment. We play a game, me trying to guess the stats of the players for the last five games, and this. Come on, why is there so much attention going to the new kid? Mom. Well, this was on dad's side, so I was Dad. complaining to dad that I wasn't getting any attention. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We're back. Feels good to be back. Still a little hungover on Bailey's from the Christmas vacation that I took and all the food. Bailey's? Yeah, a lot of Bailey's. My family likes to incorporate Bailey's in a couple Christmas drinks. Why Bailey's? Cocktails that they made. Well, one, it was just pretty much put it in your coffee, baby. You're on vacation. Second of all, <laughs> <laughs> we're starting. I think that's on start, all the advertising look, material. Yeah, Bailey's, yeah, put, put it, it in your coffee. It, You're on vacation, baby. <laughs> I, like, I like that motto, and I want to see royalties from that motto. Um, yeah, there, there's also this Christmas drink that I think my dad created or maybe somebody else has created, and he just took credit for it. I was none too wiser to that fact, but... What you basically do is you pour just a regular, what, cocktail glass, if you will, put Bailey's in it, then maybe a little bit of Malibu and a little bit of Amaretto and mix it all up. And we call it, our family calls it Christmas drink. I call it and sugar. So we, I mean, geez. yeah, man, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's very good. It, it tastes like ice cream and it's all liquor. Like it's, it's a good Christmas drink. And drink so, responsibly, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wasn't pouring them down, down, but I had an, I had a good feeling at Christmas time. I can you tell say you that. in your so I can see your video right now, and you have two mm-hmm. liquor bottles like right behind you. <laughs> well, and so my mom got me that bar that you see. So I have right. I've had this apartment for what six months now. My mom likes to come in and try to figure out. Okay, well we can do this with this space, and oh, this will be great. And get out so of here, my mom. mom Right, exactly. So my mom got me this. This is my apartment. This elongated table, this bar, right? So uh, serving as the bar. And she got me bourbon, and I don't like bourbon. I don't even like bourbon, mom. I don't even like it, but she still got it for me because I guess it looks sophisticated, and she has this idea of it, it probably is more for decoration than it is for drinking purposes, but that's what you're looking at. Man, I swear to God, it wasn't just alcohol all the time. I did open up the door to say that I was hungover, but it was a great Christmas vacation. Went to Indiana. I had a lot of fun. How was your Christmas vacation, Doug? I love the holidays. They are full of family. They're full of basketball. We went kind of light on the gifts this year. I don't have kids, so I have the luxury of going a little light on the gifts this year, trying to reduce our Amazon usage. There's a lot of articles out there. I don't know if you're reading these articles. Oh, no, Amazon is is basically killing the rainforest people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm trying to kind of lighten the load there. And, uh, you know, it was it was nice. It was weird. It was an adjustment not having a lot of gifts. You know, I like to get Katie nice things, and she likes to get me nice things. And so, but we said, no, we're going to have restraint this year. We're going to put the limit down and, and really just be about being with one another. And, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. I have a huge family, a lot of siblings. They're all married. Now we're getting new kids within, you know, I, what, I guess uh, within the last couple of years or so. And 
we had a same ex- we had a very similar experience where we usually get everybody gifts. A lot of money is spent though, and as I've gotten older and had to spend my own money, kind of nice to not have to spend a whole lot of money on gifts and get a whole bunch for everybody else. Make sure that we take care of the kids. Have a little sister that's ten years old, new baby in the family, right? So everybody's drooling over the new addition to the family. Um, and that was really about it. I, I got maybe a couple presents, but I really didn't mom, get all that Come on, why is there so much attention going to the new kid? Mom. Well, this was on dad's side, so I was dad. complaining to dad that I wasn't getting any attention. Real quickly, I do want to open it up with some of a basketball story. So we always have the male's brother challenge, the MBC, as we call it. It is a contest in which we have a three-point contest, a one-on-one contest, and a free-throw contest. And it's a point system. If you win each individual contest, it's two points. Second, po- second place is one. Third place is zero. You don't get any. So usually my oldest brother, Bobby, wins the MBC. I'm the worst shooter of the family by far. I can't shoot three-pointers very well, so they kill me in that category. Free throws, it's Bobby usually wins, but it's usually pretty close between my other brother, Chris, and I. So it's usually back and forth who gets second. I dominate one-on-one every single year. And we went to, uh, how about this, a Fred Jones training facility. So it's shoot 360. Do you remember Fred Jones at all, Doug? I don't. The 2004 slam dunk champion, the most irrelevant slam dunk champion in NBA history, Fred Jones for the Indiana Pacers. Crazy, right? He actually has a shoot 360 basketball clinic up in Indianapolis that my little sister is attending, trying to hone in on her skills. So that's where we went and had the NBC. Uh, I got to see the trophy. It was pretty cool. I have to imagine that Fred Jones and Jeremy Evans are the two most irrelevant slam dunk champions in NBA history. I should step in here at this point and and go back to the beginning of your story where you said this is the male's brother's challenge and mm-hmm. say that you did not mean male, M-A-L-E. You just meant M-E-H-L, your last name, male. Correct. Yeah, we should clarify that for the <laughs> Is listeners. my last name a problem? Right, I guess it is. Well, I, I mean, we just don't want to say, no, especially since your sister is at a essentially a basketball camp. It's just all, yeah. yeah. This is a male M-E-H-L, not a male M-A-L-E. No, that's a good clarification. That's why you're the producer. No, no sexism here. Just the male's brother challenge, M-E-H-L. So we did that. The point being is that Fred Jones is out here doing stuff, which is kind of crazy. Rodney Stuckey invested into this company as well. I guess he opened up a brother's a shoot- challenge. Yeah, right. I, you know. I didn't know it needed any clarification, but I was just gonna give you some praise for doing that anyway. So Covering all of our bases. I guess we, I guess we get it Just on that. Just trying part. to keep you as little problematic as possible. <laughs> hey, the, uh, the Hornets. Podcast. I wish Go the ahead. Hornets would have give, given me the gift of a win this holiday Yeah, they didn't season. do that. Couldn't do uh, it. The are loss, they ever going to win again? Losses are coming heavily. After having a nice little stretch where they won four of five games, starting with the Wizards, Nets, Bulls, three games in a row they were able to win, lose to the Pacers, beat the Kings ever since then. They lose to the Cavaliers, the Jazz, the Celtics, the Thunder, and the Grizzlies. Two close games in there. Close game against Cleveland. Close game against the Thunder, where they lost on Friday. Doug, I know you put out a podcast after the Boston Celtics game. So really the only games that we've missed have been the Oklahoma City Thunder game and the Memphis Grizzlies game. So not too much to catch up on. Um, You want to talk about the Thunder game real quickly in the first segment and give your hot take as you were watching film re going back 
on the Oklahoma City Thunder at the end. Not a hot take, I guess just a strong take at the end of this game. Really bad at the end, right? They lose 104-102, goes to overtime, and uh, P.J. Washington has some troubles at the end of this one. Yeah, and listen, P.J. Washington has played well, but you can't miss those free throws at the end of the game. I mean, that's obvious. And then, and I don't think that's a rookie thing. you got to knock those free throws down. Those are those are pivotal moments. Those are big moments. The Hornets have been able to execute in those moments, and, and he didn't step up to the challenge there. But then if you go back before that, the really egregious play in my mind was P.J. Washington somehow being matched up against Chris Paul. I don't know what the, the breakdown there was, but you can't, you know, that late in the game, when you need a stop, you can't get cross-matched like that. And then he you know, gets easily dispatched by Chris Paul, uh, and who misses the free throw, gives you a gift. I mean, talk about a holiday gift. Chris Paul gives you the gift of a miss, and then you can't block out Steven Adams. And yes, it is Bismack Biombo's responsibility, but both Biz and PJ are just sort of slow walking through the paint. I mean... It, it just blows my mind. You're, you, you know, the margin is only a basket at that point. You got to just, you got to find it within yourself to put a body on a body and come up with the rebound. I mean, these are crazy. And listen, before, you know, I said after the Boston Celtics, I said, listen, this team has played a lot of games, okay? They're, they're, they're probably heavy legs, but they didn't have that excuse against Oklahoma City. They didn't have that excuse against Memphis. This was a rested team and they couldn't do it. And I'm disappointed in this Hornets team right now. Five straight losses. Come on. That was bad. The Steven Adams rebound and Chris Paul giving you a a potential win with his wide open layup that he missed. First off, PJ Washington gets put on Chris Paul at the end of this. Nobody touched him. Nobody touched him. And when Chris Paul looked at PJ Washington, you knew it was going to be bad. It was going to get destroyed. PJ can't stay in front of a whole lot of people out there on the perimeter, let alone Chris Paul, even zombie Chris Paul. It's not going to happen. So he gets to the rim and then he misses a wide open layup. I would like to know how many layups that open Chris Paul has ever missed in his life, let alone in the NBA. And then Steven Adams able to get that board and it's a huge play in the game. They eventually win. Uh, Oklahoma City goes on again. 104 to 102 was the uh, was the score there. Um, Looking elsewhere at this game. How about Malik Monk with a couple of dunks? They were nice, but didn't shoot very well. Devontae Graham, six of 21 from the field, uh, did not shoot very well himself, but did hit a couple of late threes in this one to uh, help them get at least this one, at least make this a close game. Terry Rozier, 10 of 18. Miles Bridges, 5 of 11. P.J. Washington, 7 of 15. Then you look at the Grizzlies game. That was not a close game. Grizzlies basically led from the start. I mean, I don't know if they had a lead in the first quarter all that much at all, but the Grizzlies game, that was bad. And James Borrego's comments afterwards, he discussed that there was really no excuse because the Grizzlies were coming off the second night of a back-to-back and they still dominated the way that they did against the Charlotte Hornets. So this is the time where Doug, you look at this stretch and there were a couple of winnable games. You look at the Cleveland Cavaliers game. That's a bad basketball team that you should have been, that you should have won, believe they were favored and they lost the thunder team. That's, that's a winnable game. It's at home. It's against a 500 ball club okay, fine, you lose, but that's certainly a winnable game. And then against the Grizzlies, that's one where that's not a very good basketball team. Now it starts to amp up. You've got the Boston Celtics coming to town tomorrow at three o'clock for a matinee. And then we've talked about January 2nd when the schedule just goes crazy after that. Didn't get a whole bunch of wins. So all the people that wanted the Hornets to tank 
looks like you got your wish for these last five games or so because it's going to get a lot harder, and I think the wins are going to come in an even bigger way than they already have. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We appreciate you joining us. We'll have uh, a comparison between Miles Bridges and SGA coming up. You might roll your eyes, but I don't even want to compare SGA and Miles Bridges all that much. I really want to just say what would have happened if the Hornets would not have traded Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's been on fire the last five games. How would have that affected if they select Devontae Graham? Would you rather have SGA or Miles and Devontae Graham? I think a lot of compelling questions can be made from that scenario. We'll talk about it next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is. Yeah, no, like I know. Yeah, no, I definitely. Cody sorry, Martin. I didn't know you were tossing me there. Yeah, I definitely. Okay. I definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening or were, was I just that I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally wasn't. Li- I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So we talked about the Oklahoma City Thunder game. In that game, Shea Gilgis-Alexander was very good. In the 36 minutes that he played, he was 10 of 17, almost shooting 60% from the field, hit the only three-pointer that he took, got to the foul line, shooting eight times, making six of them, and that's even worse than his usual free throw percentage. Ended up scoring 27 points, Doug. Only had one assist, a couple steals, uh, but only one turnover. 27 points for SGA against the team that drafted him. We all know how much I love them. I threw a temper tantrum when we did the draft night show and the Hornets ended up trading SGA to the Clippers in exchange for Miles Bridges. I thought Miles Bridges performed better than I thought last year. I still don't know how much that alters his ceiling in my mind. You look at what Miles has done this season, his overall numbers. I think they're fine. You look at him shooting 44% from the field, probably would like that a little bit higher. His three point percent. Yeah, you would. Uh, His three-point percentage, it has dipped a little bit. Um, It it went to 35%. I think he was shooting a little bit better at times, but Miles Bridge is now shooting 35% from from beyond the arc, still not getting to the free throw line, 12.1 points per game. I, you know, it's been up and down to the point where even here recently, I think a lot has been trending downward. I, I think defensively, he's had a lot of mistakes. That's not he's really what I want. He's an ahead, inefficient though. ten and six guy. Like that's not yeah, good. Not I, good. I mean, I'm sorry. No, like not that's not, not what you want to see out of a guy who is supposed to be averaging twenty eight to thirty two minutes per game. You don't want an inefficient ten and six guy. Yeah, forty four percent needs to go up, and the three point percentage, you know, probably needs to go up a little bit more. I don't really want to do this because you know SGA clearly better, right? I mean, what SGA is doing is amazing. I've always been a huge fan. I just like his game. But I'm interested, Doug, in playing the what if game of if the Hornets don't trade Shea Gilgis Alexander and look at it from the Hornets' point of view. Because what happened was they trade for Miles Bridges, then eventually trade up in the second round of that same draft, and they get Devontae Graham. And Devontae Graham has become somebody that at least we considered for an all-star spot. Now, since that Nets game, Devontae Graham has been in a crazy slump. In fact, he has not, and he's not shot 40% since that game. Not in any single game since the Nets contest has he shot at least 40% from the field. So I, he's been bad. Go ahead. I think you stumbled on the right word there, schnot. That would ha- that's how I would describe his shot right now, schnot. Because it's schnot going in. It's not happening. 
Shot not a great shot percentage. Before. You good, Doug? Yeah. We done? I'm good. Has not shot 40% in a game since that Nets game where he scored 40 points. So, again, I don't know if he's, he's not going to make the all-star team because no. he's just not going to anymore. But, but still, a very bright spot with the Charlotte Hornets this season. Devontae's great. We love Devontae. He's been a lot of fun, and still he's still a lot of fun, even if he is in a slump right now. So what do you think the Hornets do, Doug? I mean, you don't draft Devontae at the point guard position if you already get what you think is your point guard of the future in SGA, right? And at that point, I think it begs the question. I don't know. Maybe you do, but it begs the question, would you rather have a Miles and... Devonte Graham or a Shea Gilgis Alexander and whoever else that second round pick might be when you go back a couple of years ago. No, I think I really wish they would have gone back and you know selected SGA because I just thought his physical gifts were portending what we've seen now and his ability to not only score over tough defense uh, but also defend his position as well. And I just loved what SGA brought to the floor. Uh, when in his brief time at Kentucky, and I think you could still play those two together. I mean, if you had somehow been able to acquire Devontae Graham as well, I know the franchise really liked Devontae Graham, so that that played a factor. And it wasn't like Miles Bridges necessarily wanted to come to Charlotte. I mean, there wasn't this big relationship. They just really liked Miles. Didn't work at, out with Charlotte. No, I mean, they just uh, they really liked – I don't think SGA did either. No, he guess, didn't. Neither one of them I don't think SGA did, worked out for a lot of teams, but – I mean, I just I, I think the the franchise would be in a much better place with Shea Gilgis Alexander, even if you don't get Devontae Graham. I've loved what Devontae Graham has done this season, but I think you know size matters in the NBA, and and I think SGA has a better long term outlook than even Devontae Graham right now. Well, that that was my question. You kind of you went into it a little bit. Of play, I, I completely agree with you that Devontae and SGA could absolutely play in the backcourt at the same time. I think they could play together, but. It was interesting to me when you said, you know, the Hornets really love Devontae Graham like that because maybe they do decide to draft both of those guys where maybe they don't get Miles Bridges now the other or somebody else. Now, it is interesting where I think SGA also would have kind of fit that position flexibility, right? I mean, SGA, you talk about defensive switchability. He can guard one through three with his kind of height, with his kind of length. So I wonder how much consideration they took into that fact but the way that they've kind of drafted with these guys that can you know defend a bunch of different positions with pj washington cody martin miles bridges at least that was the plan maybe they do decide to draft Devontae, and you get the best of both worlds but um i don't know i just don't know if they draft the player at that position and at that point i still look yeah you know me i'm taking shay gilgis but i don't know I don't know if it went all that bad because you did get this bright spot in Devonte Graham. Now I, I hope he starts playing better again because the Hornets need it. And there's a reason that Devonte Graham, uh, there's a reason they've lost with Devonte Graham in this lineup, right? I mean, he hasn't shot very well. We just talked about that quite a bit. The one thing I do love about Devonte, though, Doug, is even if he's shooting crazy poorly from the field right now. He's still finding other ways to get involved. How about double-digit assists in the last three games for Devontae? He had the one game against the Thunder where he had five turnovers, but overall, Devontae finding other ways to affect the any game that he's in, even if he's not scoring very well. It's just one of the things you love to see from him. Well, it's an, it's another way that they could have played well off of one another because Shea definitely creates for himself. 
I mean, he's uh, yeah, not a lot of assists for SGA. No, two point eight on the year. Um, that's that's not a ton, especially when you're averaging thirty five minutes and you're turning the basketball over two a little over two times per game. So you don't have a crazy great assist to turnover ratio. You're not distributing a lot, but they play him alongside Chris Paul, who does distribute the basketball a lot, especially at this uh, late stage of his career. So, yeah, I definitely think that you could play these two guys together if they were able to acquire both, but we're still in fantasy land right now, and we're, we exist in this world where Miles Bridges just is not living up uh, to what even the expectation. It's not like these are crazy fan expectations, right? It's not like we're sitting here in our, in our comfy chairs and saying, oh, Miles Bridges, he isn't turning into the star that we all wanted him to be. No, I mean, the, the franchise expects him to be one thing, and, it, and, we're, and they were reducing his minutes, and, and we're explicit about it. Because he's not living up to the expectations that the franchise had for him. And, and you know, that's why they decided to start him this year. But I, I think there's a big question as to whether he'll start next season if, this, if these trends continue. Or if he starts for the rest of the season. Well, look, I'm, I'm not trying to pound my chest on the podium, right? Where yes, I was saying, I'm, I'm, don't, don't no, say that. Don't Miles. say that. Not with don't Miles. say I hate when not people do that. I hate when people, I'm not trying. Yes, you are. Just admit it. Just that you're tooting your horn. You're pounding your chest. You are flailing your arms. You're drinking your Baileys. Don't say that's not what you're doing. That's exactly no, what you're I, doing. No, I'm not doing that. And I want to throw all that to the side. I'm not doing that because I'm just surprised that the defense people had so much of defensive hopes for Miles Bridges, that he was going to be this great team defender, that he was going to stay in front of his man. And look, man, like how many well, the times team, have we seen I, the, the team came out in draft night, and, and one of the first things that Mitch Kupchak yes. said after drafting Miles Bridges was that they hoped that he could defend two through five. Well, that's yes. not happening. Those were the expectations for Miles, is my point. And even though we talked about it and did some of our draft analysis, saying, yeah, that's a real problem for him, that he doesn't stay in front of his man all that well, you know, that I think that is something that a lot of people had high praise for him and expectations that he would be very good defensively. And look, it takes a long time, man. Like Malik Monk, I think he's a lot better defensively than he was the last couple of years. Still not great, but a lot better. And yet, it's in his third year. So it's not like you can just say, okay, miles is never going to be good at defense because it takes a long time. I mean, people discuss how it takes a lot longer to develop on defense more than offense. Once you get to the NBA, once you're a rookie, but you know, the, the offense man, I mean, if he can shoot a little bit better and become an average defender, then I think that's exactly what you're hoping for miles. On the other hand, before we go to break, uh, Doug PJ Washington has been very good. I think offensively, I know we just, I, I know we just kind of crapped on him for what he did against the Oklahoma city thunder at the end of that game. But remember that rookie wall that he hit where he wasn't able to get the double digit points for quite a while. How about the last, I believe six games that he's played. He scored 13 points or more. He's had a very good December shooting 45 and a half percent from the field shooting only 35% from uh, beyond the arc this month, which is the worst when you compare it to October and November, but still I thought PJ, I think he's been very good. You look at the last again, six games shot 55% against Memphis, uh, 47 against OKC, not a great game against Chicago, but you know, I I've loved what you're getting from PJ Washington, getting to the foul line here and there. I, I want to get him more shots. I think for a 41% three point shooter, only having three and a half per game. I'd like to see him get more shots from beyond the arc. I think it would help the team. This is Locked on Hornets. 
you give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, I you know, <laughs> I just I spend this some time away from the show, and you're still the same old Walker. All right, yeah, <laughs> give me a new adjective and give me a plural well, noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun now that you mentioned it. How about? Uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh jelly is the God. noun I was going to get. Plural noun. This isn't hard. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Doug wanted to play a game where we look at the last five games of all of these different players for the Hornets. And uh, after we just looked at the last five games of SGA, comparing him to Miles and how that scenario might have looked different had they not traded Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So now, Doug, you're going to bring up the last five. I've already looked at a couple of them just to talk about the show. So hopefully it doesn't ruin it, but... Well, we've You're we've definitely we've titillated yeah. people so far. That was a great, you know. You've you've got people very excited about this segment. I do appreciate that. After all the research, I did. I don't know what we're supposed to do here. Well, the I Hornets have lost know. five straight games. It's a very popular mm-hmm. game. People love this game. They love when we do this game. So I don't know why you're pooping on this game right now. But it's last. I just didn't five. have much information. See, it's- I gave you praise as a producer earlier in the show. I take it back. I take it back. Oh, you can take it back if you want to, but you've already given it, and I've already put it in my pocket. I've already spent it. <laughs> you gave it to me as a gift card, as a gift, and I've already put it into my account. So there are Is that no okay, by the way? Can you give gift cards as gifts? Is that an acceptable oh, yeah, form of gift? I got a gift? ton of gift cards. I love gift cards because it says, mm-hmm. I appreciate you so much that I want you to just get you. And you know you don't you don't have to wrap them. You just you just I see I don't even I don't even put them in a bag or anything. I just frisbee toss them at people and I say here put this in your <laughs> get away account from me. And smoke it. Here's why I love gift cards because I think gift cards they force you to spend money on something that you actually like because when you give me cash. I'm probably going to spend it. I'm, you're going to use it to pay off bills or whatever. You're going to use it responsibly. Like, I don't want that at Christmas time. If you give me a gift card, that means I have to use that gift card and spend it at Best Buy. I have to go spend it at the clothing store that I really like. Where if you just give me cash, there's a good chance that it goes to fast food or whatever. I just no, man. I, I like the gift card idea. So I completely agree with you. An acceptable gift during Christmas time or birthdays. Lowest net rating over the last five games for the Charlotte Hornets. And again, these are regular rotation players. I'm not trying to trick you mm-hmm. into guessing Billy Hernan Gomez. Jalen McDaniels. Uh, right. I'm no, going to go. Lowest net rating, negative 24.5. Who is it? The last five games, lowest net rating. You can't beat Avante with the assist numbers. Malik Monk had a good game against the Grizzlies, but he was struggling. Um, is it Marvin? No, actually, it's Miles Bridges, negative 24.5. It's under 100. Uh, actually, it's under 95 offensive rating and uh, a bad defensive rating. Negative 24.5 right, well. net rating when Miles Bridges is on the floor versus when he's off. Okay, next one. Highest assist to turnover ratio at 5.0. Blistering assist to turnover ratio, 5.0. Who is it? Uh, well, I know Devontae has not been turning the ball over all that much except against the Thunder, but that I think accounted for... I'll go Devontae. Oh, man, that's a good guess because he's been he's been throwing out a lot of assists, but you got to go to a guy who right now is actually, in my opinion, distributing the basketball in a way that he never has before, and he surprisingly isn't turning it over as much. That's Bismack Biombo 
Over the last <laughs> five games, leading, well, that's, you know, that's why they pay me the big bucks, because I dig out these amazing statistics. Next up, the lowest three-point percentage of any regular rotation player over the last five games. This is an important one, folks, because if you, I mean, really, these losses have come down to the fact that the Hornets cannot shoot, and the Hornets' offense is such that if they cannot shoot, they cannot score, and they cannot win so lowest three-point percentage over the last five games. Who is it? I might go over in this. Um, Terry Rozier. No, nope. oh, but it was Cleveland nope. where he had a good fourth nope. quarter. Yeah. All right. I'll, you I'll, are I'll, wrong. That is yeah. not the right answer. The correct answer is Miles Bridges. Making you a just return. want a dog on Miles more than I do. How the how the tide is oh, by reading here. his stats is that dogging on him by reading his I'm stats over the saying. last five games when the Hornets have lost five straight. I don't You're think so. You're just bringing it up buddy. when we talked about Miles. You're Miles Bridges eighteen point eight percent. I just what is he? What I just need to know what he does offensively. Someone <laughs> listen at Lockdown Hornets at Doug. This Branson, is Doug LOH. Branson someone by the way at Doug Branson me, LOH. Someone yep. please tell me what he does offensively. I just need to know. All right, just tell sure. me. Sure. What does he do? I'm with you. Ten and six. Inefficient. It's not good. Is that it? Is that the... <laughs> I've been off the bike for a while, baby. I'm just, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to everyone. I love you well, guys. Is... I love the listeners. Are those all of the players that you have for me is my question. Yes. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us here on Locked on Hornets podcast. You really, what's the mic? I mean, man, you, I you got this. Least... Uh, I got this new fuzzy for my mic too, so I can get a little closer to it. I can be a little closer, and I just like it. I, the other thing that I had. The pop filter that I have was not comfortable. It would catch on my beard hairs. This little fuzzy that I put on the mic, on the other hand, does not catch on my beard hairs. It's much better for moving the mic around and really just kind of getting into the action. You need to get a mic. Somebody should have done this for you for Christmas getting you a mic just to have it while talking to anybody. And then you can com- get in complete character. Now, I don't know how much producer Katie would like that. Yeah, just but... it, would, it would have to be a device that like strapped around my midsection and mm-hmm. then brought the mic over my head <laughs> and around. And then, yeah, and I could twist it. So I, it wasn't always in front of my face. I could mm-hmm. just twist it. But then when I really needed to make a point, bring the mic over. I think you're, you're onto something, buddy. I don't think this exists, but I think we can make it exist. And then I get the first prototype. And then you like to grab onto the mic, as we all do. I like to grab onto the mic when I'm really about to buckle in and give a hot take or just go on a tangent. We have to give you some handles for the mic for you to do that as well. And if we do that, I think that will be a good Christmas present. Better than a gift card, some might say. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, at Lockdown Hornets. What's our schedule going to be like? We'll do a show tomorrow. Are we going to do a show Wednesday, Doug? We are going to do a show Wednesday. I promise. So we said we were going to do a show Thursday and Friday. We didn't. That's kind of our MO, but I promise we'll do a show on Wednesday. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can trust us just like you've always been able to trust us. We'll be back with you tomorrow. I would not tell a lie. <laughs>